Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and welcome to my show, Me the Science podcast. Now, this one is a really sort of topic that I love. Uh, I lecture students on this actually in Trinity. I give the first biology lectures to our students when they come in. And I always talk about this as a topic because it's the origin of life, which is a pretty fundamental question. How did life start on Earth? And you might think, oh, there's no obvious medical benefit from this but but just as a scientific question it's the biggest question of them all how did life begin on earth you see and of course many cultures have origin stories and all kinds of myths and they're they're lovely to hear of course not each society will have its own way of describing this but this is the scientific aspect of this can we get any scientific evidence for how life started and i for one find it fascinating i'm sure many people do and there has been a few breakthroughs in trying to address that now of course we can't go back in time in a spaceship or whatever and see the first cell to evolve but we can take samples we can measure cells we now know about today and how they work and we try to figure this out we know the building blocks of life of course in huge detail that was the great triumph of the 20th century in some ways was biochemistry my first degree uh, where the biochemicals of life were discovered and characterized dna rna protein all those things fats to make a cell you know all that gets discovered by the biochemists so we know how you make a cell really but the question is how did the first cell arise the other thing is it was probably four billion years ago by the way we reckon now you'd use fossils for that so you go back through time with rocks you can date the rocks so the first evidence for life it's it's a bit disputed but it's around about four billion years ago now the earth formed 4.5 billion years ago these are scientific facts by the way indisputable facts the earth formed 4.5 billion years ago very long time ago and around about 4 billion you can see the first traces of living systems some of those traces are chemical based on the chemicals I was just mentioning but again you will eventually see the first cell the first type of life to arise by the way was a microscopic tiny cell in fact it was a bacteria we call it now because bacteria have certain features they can take in nutrients they can divide and do various things and the first cell to arise was a bacterial cell and it's been seen in rocks from Australia so we, we can use the fossil record to help us as well as to when life begins and and then evolution kicks in and all evolution is as i mentioned before is a random thing putting pressure on the living system and the fittest survive and the other ones die off and then gradually you get species forming with survival of the fittest and then the whole majesty of life begins uh, and finally you get to us humans about 200,000 years ago so this is a story that begins four billion years ago and ends up with us 200,000 years ago so if you're worried about you know next week don't because we're going back billions of years with this story uh, but humans arise and then the homo sapiens is the dominant species on earth but the question we're asking here is how could this have started now the breakthrough is get this Japanese scientists sent a probe up to an asteroid the asteroid is called Ryugu and this asteroid is in the asteroid belt. It's called a Carboniferous asteroid. 75% of asteroids look like this asteroid. This is the astronomers tell us this. And these asteroids in the past have been shown to contain interesting chemicals on them. And the question is, would there be life on them? Very unlikely, but there might be building blocks of biochemicals on these asteroids. And that was the purpose of this mission, which was a striking mission. It was called the Hay Hayabusa mission. Hayabusa, by the way, is Japanese for peregrine falcon. 
it flew like a falcon this spacecraft it was sent up there it's Hayabusa 2 there's, there's been a couple of them meets the asteroid sends little rovers crawling over the asteroid now to me this is another example of great science isn't it so you send up this Hayabusa craft it lands on the asteroid which is a very tricky thing to do because these are very far away you've got to use very clever engineering to get it to land on the asteroid and then a hatch opens and four separate rovers crawled out of the Hayabusa began taking samples some of those samples are stuck into an airtight container sealed right and this will be important in a minute and guess what it flew back to earth this is the amazing thing came back to earth and then the scientists have been analyzing it now the reason why this is important you can analyze asteroids on earth because obviously the asteroids slam into the earth all the time uh, but the trouble is what you detect on them they might have picked up from earth there's been contaminants that were picked up on the earth this isn't like that the, the whole purpose here was to get a pristine sample it as it were and then whatever you measure on it then originated on the asteroid but the reason why there's such excitement is they found a chemical called uracil uracil on the asteroid now anybody who's done biochemistry i hope several people listening out and don't forget you can always email me and say you're a biochemist too to give me a bit of comfort uh uracil is a well-known biochemical because it is a key building block for rna and of course that was discovered, I suppose, about 100 years ago, that, that RNA had this thing called uracil in it, right? Now remember, what is RNA? RNA is the message of life, it's the recipe for life. RNA makes proteins, and then of course it begins with DNA. The DNA makes the RNA, the RNA makes the protein. That's the fundamental, that's sort of the, the central dogma, as Francis Crick called it, of life. So looking at those molecules becomes very important. And you won't get RNA unless you have uracil. And lo and behold, uracil is found on this asteroid. Now, it was so pristine that it had to be on the asteroid. In other words, it wasn't a contaminant. They had found uracil on other asteroids on Earth, but the fear was it was a contaminant. But this can't be a contaminant. It must have originated on the asteroid. What they're proposing is these asteroids, not just this one, other ones as well, slam into the Earth and the uracil is now on Earth. And now the chemistry of life begins. Uracil gets incorporated into RNA and now we begin life. And in fact, there is evidence that the RNA predates DNA. So the first recipe for life was built from RNA and that RNA was able to make proteins. Now remember, proteins are the workhorses of all life. Every cell needs proteins to help it take up nutrients and digest them, say, or to build parts of the internal structures needs proteins. And the code to make the protein is in the RNA, is the recipe for that. And they reckon RNA might have been the first recipe because it's a bit more interesting than DNA. It's a bit more variable and it can act like an enzyme. Now enzymes are, are things that can help things go along chemically. They're catalysts. So in RNA then you have the recipe and the catalyst to make the cake if you like. So therefore we think RNA was the first biochemical that would work in this way. Later DNA replaces it and DNA makes the RNA and the reason for that is DNA is more stable because DNA can form this famous double helix. So the first cell then ends up having DNA making RNA making protein. Now there are very rare examples of living systems that's if they're alive or not uh, that have RNA. Guess what? If I dare mention SARS-CoV-2 that's a virus only has RNA. HIV only has RNA, you see. The question is, are they alive? They still need to infect cells to, to do their thing, you see. So, but still, there are, they may be relics, you never know, of this earliest life form. So there are very rare examples of just living, quasi-living systems with RNA. But overall, you need DNA as well. And because uracil is the key building block, this is this has created such excitement, because obviously maybe asteroids delivered uracil to the Earth. Now, we know other things around these asteroids, they've shown already things like amino acids. Now, amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. 
So you can imagine now, it's almost like as if a truck arrives on the earth, let's say four billion years ago, and offloads the key biochemicals for life. And those biochemicals then begin to assemble and eventually, now this, we're talking hundreds of millions of years, by the way, a lot of random chemistry is happening here. It's a long time. An analogy I give here is you're baking a cake here, but the oven's on for a million years and eventually the cake begins to form. So time allows these biochemicals to react and eventually you get to this magical world of RNA making protein initially probably and then DNA making RNA and making protein and the question is where are these building blocks delivered by asteroids and this study on the Ryugu asteroid would suggest that that may well be the case that these building blocks came from outer space as it were now the other thing that I found interesting here was these asteroids they've been very harsh environments up in space a lot of cosmic radiation a lot of solar flares you would have thought that that would just break up any molecule of interest and, and how can these molecules have survived? Well, if anything, this was useful because things like cosmic radiation or UV light, they can promote catalysis and they can get chemicals to react. So maybe these asteroids, because they were in space, were like little test tubes. Chemicals begin to form on them because of all this catalytic effect of the various things that they're bombarded with. And then you get to Eurosol. And that mightn't have happened on Earth because the level of UV radiation might be lower. The various other circumstances that don't prevail on Earth that do in space mightn't have allowed these chemicals to, to evolve here as or to be made here. So in other words, we needed this outer space environment for chemistry to work to make the building blocks and that can't happen on earth because that environment is different and then they slam into the earth and deliver these building blocks of life i mean what i've described to you there now is pretty mind-blowing actually but it is for me anyway because I, I am intrigued by the origin of life as many biologists are and maybe this is how it started who knows and that's how living systems then begin through these asteroids and we have the japanese to thank for this they decided to go after this ryugu with their hayabusa mission to go all the way to that asteroid and take a sample and return to Earth, you know. And interestingly, it rendezvoused, just to give you some dates, with Ryugu on the 27th of June, 2018. It was on that asteroid for 18 months. The little rovers, they were called rovers, uh, four of them crawling around, taking samples, right? And eventually, after 18 months, they got back in and they came back to Earth. Now, this is all robotic, of course, which means you don't need to send astronauts into these places anymore if you can achieve this kind of thing with robots. It's superb, isn't it? And then it landed on Earth. The thing goes back to Earth, uh, 5th of December, 2020, and then they began analyzing it. And only now they're reporting this. Now, to me, that's another important point about science. You've got to be careful with your science. They found the Eurosil, but they want to be absolutely sure of what they were doing and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Take another sample, take a sample from a different part of the asteroid. You know, all this was going on, to, it took whatever it was, nearly three years, I suppose. And finally, they were confident enough to release the headline that Eurosil, the key building block for RNA, a very fundamental thing for all of life, had been, uh, was on this asteroid and could well have been delivered to Earth by other asteroids, obviously, might have delivered the Eurosil to the Earth. So as a piece of science, again, it's really compelling. Very good chemistry, very good analysis to come to that bottom line. Great care being taken to make sure it's correct. And remember, science has to be about the truth. So the bottom line overall then is, and let's just say it now, there's a chance now, of course, it's still based on hypotheses. There's a chance that fundamental building blocks of life were delivered to the Earth from asteroids. They're now on the Earth and those chemicals start to react and eventually they react in such a way that you get to the very first cell about four billion years ago. And remember, we are descended from that cell. All life on Earth is descended from that cell. That cell has a name, by the way. It's called LUCA. 
named after me. No, maybe not. It, Luca stands for the last universal common ancestor. So whatever that cell was, that were common to us all, all of life on Earth. O other forms might have been there that died off, you see. They became extinct. But we're all descended from the DNA RNA protein cell. And maybe it all began because an asteroid slammed into the Earth to deliver the building blocks to allow the first cell to evolve. So this study is another step towards trying to answer the question about the origin of life. And there you have it. That's this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And remember, it's for downloading every Thursday and it's a News Talk production. <laughs>